Welcome to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. I'm your host and the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. This show features amazing women from the IAW community who are climbing the corporate ladder and taking their communities with them. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Bizzuto. I'm your host here today. I'm back again with one of our amazing influencers from the IAW community. I'm so excited for this conversation today. Um, Jennifer Page is joining me, and we're going to talk through her history and her career. She's done some amazing things in her career. She's also launched a nonprofit, and we are going to talk about that as well. So Jennifer, welcome. Thank you for joining me here today. I'd love, I know I, I just quickly breeze through your amazing experience, but if you could kind of share your background a little bit with us and, and tell us more about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, Megan. I really appreciate it. So um, I spent 20 plus years in the human capital management technology space. I was the senior VP of operations and also managed learning and development. Uh, for about 20 years with Paylocity Corporation, and then left there and became the chief operating officer with Blue Marble uh, and helped them sell the company and uh, have since retired from my corporate life. And as you mentioned, I now run a uh, great nonprofit. I call this my Feed My Soul work now. That is just uh, so amazing to be able to do. And that is an organization called Champions for CASA. And we work to get volunteers to become court-appointed special advocates working with kids living in foster care here in Southern Nevada. Amazing. So I want to start kind of talking through your career journey because I think you, you've you had a remarkable career journey and the the things that you accomplished at Paylocity were incredible. You and I have talked about this in the past. So I obviously have some background information that our listeners don't, but tell me a little bit about kind of your, your climb up the corporate ladder as a woman in that, in that space. Was it something that you sort of always had your mindset to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to, I'm going to rise up or did it just kind of fall into place as you started your career? Yeah, it definitely more of the latter. So uh, I, it very much fell into place. Um, I started at the organization early on. I was the second employee hired. And, um, you know, I, I was a, a very lucky in my career that um, I was in an opportunity where you just had to make work happen and things needed to get done. And so I was capable and able to do those things. And so it helped me to kind of continue to build along the way, uh, which was fantastic. Yeah. You mentioned something about being the type of person that can just make things happen and, and having, I think there's, there's this cool thing where like you can have the vision, but then you can also go actually get things done. And it's that ability to get things done. And so how have you coached others in terms of, cause obviously you were, you were hired very early on, but then you grew a big team, right? So how do you, how do you help others to kind of build that momentum alongside you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, first and foremost, it's do what you say you're going to do. Uh, those are words to live by for me. Um, I very much, you, you have very few things in life other than your word. And uh, so that was something that was very meaningful. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a matter of, like you said, it, it is having the vision and being able to see far enough out so you know what to do. But execution is equally important. And um, I was, you know, able to cultivate leaders uh, for many years throughout that that were really good at being able to follow through 
um, and those things that they needed to do. And to also be able to have a little bit more of a short-term vision behind me, right? So as a, as a senior leader, it was important for me to set the long-term goal and make sure that everybody understood ultimately where we needed to go and then hiring leaders to help us get to, you know, those milestones along the way, um, but understanding that future vision all the way. Right. I think it's so important to have that vision and to share that vision and be able to guide others on that vision. Are there any strategies that you've incorporated or used to make sure that your team is in alignment and that everyone's kind of rowing the boat in the same direction? Yeah. I mean, communication is key for sure. Um, and, and really not, you know, you learn the lessons along the way. There were so many times early in my career that I felt like, okay, it's all, it all rests on my shoulders. And so I have to figure out where we're going, how we're going to get there, what it's going to look like, all those things. Um, and I realized that, you know, you hire a strong team, you give them the tools that they need to be successful, make sure that they have everything, and then you get out of their way and let them really do that execution as well. Um, and that was really, if I had to name one thing that was the biggest key to my success, that was it. Um, hiring people who are smarter than you are, hiring people that absolutely have the skills and giving them an opportunity, a culture where they can thrive, where they can be free to make mistakes, that they can take chances, that they can try things and, you know, that it's okay to have those failures along the way. I think that's so important. The the idea of hiring really great people and not not being intimidated if somebody is smarter than you, right? You you really want those people who are going to challenge you and push you and, and help with growth, but also giving them that space to just get out of their way and say, go execute, go do, go do what I brought you here to do, um, which can be challenging, right? Because we all want to, we all want to own everything. We all want to make sure that everything's going the right way, but there's, there's definitely benefit to building that team and, and leaning on other people's strengths. Um, so as a woman in leadership, I want to talk a little bit about your path because you, you have had an incredible career and achieved some really great milestones. Do you feel like there's any challenges that you face specifically because you were a woman in the space? That's a, that's a hard guess for sure. (laughs) Um, you know, I mean, it's different. It's, we think differently. Um, our brains work differently. I learned recently we actually see colors differently. Like there's so many amazing things about women that we have as unique strengths um, that aren't always cultivated and aren't always appreciated in the workplace. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because my work now has got me into a much more, I call it my feminine energy space. Um, working in the nonprofit world, you, re- you really lean on different skills and different tools than what made me successful in the corporate world. And so from a corporate perspective, I was expected to be stern, direct, um, you know, no nonsense, not to lead with intuition, but to rely heavily on facts and data. And I'd say a much more feminine approach is to trust your instinct, to use your gut and your intuition. Um, obviously, facts and data are critical, but there's also a way to interpret those. And there's a way to balance some of what we come across and how we come across that is um, it's it, like I said, I, I used the term before feeding my soul. That's absolutely what happens for me every day um, is really learning to balance that masculine and that feminine energy, so to speak. Um, and, I, you know, I feel far more successful now than I ever did. I feel more natural now than I ever did. Um, and that's a, a, you know, a fantastic place to be. 
It is. It's interesting the the difference between the masculine energy and the feminine. I always say I'm I'm a very data-driven person. I have an accounting degree. I love numbers. I love when things tell me stories, but it's also that that gut instinct, right? It's that it's not just the data. It's often there's a story alongside it. And it's it's interesting when you talk about those two different balances. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of your journey as a woman, one of one of the other things we, you and I have talked about before is this this obligation we have as women, as we climb the corporate ladder and as we, as we rise that it's, it's our obligation to help others, right? It's our obligation to say, okay, how can we help more women pave this path or or get further in their careers? What, what types of actions or things do you think most benefit other women? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk about this because you're right. You and I can geek out about this all day long. (laughs) So true to who we both are. Uh You know, it's so critical because there aren't, unfortunately, there aren't many seats, right? And women do have a harder time getting into those seats. And so I always look at it and say, it's not about somebody um, paving the way just because you're a woman. It's about recognizing something in an individual that you think has talent and ability and helping them by giving them opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so those opportunities can come in many ways, right? It's it's inviting them to meetings. It's, it's giving them stretch assignments at work. It's putting them in a position to maybe do the presenting so that they can be seen by others in the organization that have influence. Really highlighting their skills and talent um, is the best way to do that. And then in a non-traditional way, I'd say mentoring um, and being a role model and being open and transparent and vulnerable and honest about the things that, you know, some of us had to learn the hard way. And so... You know, I look at this and say, hopefully the work that we've done paves the way for the future generation to really have an easier go and to have opportunities presented to them uh, more quickly, more easily, where they don't have to go through some of those hardships. Uh, But if they do, I like to think of myself as that role model and mentor that is going to prepare them for those tough conversations. Right, right. Because the the more you rise the more you take on the tougher it can get right and there are going to be tough conversations i love the examples you shared of how you can specifically showcase somebody in the workplace right giving them the opportunity to present giving them the stretch assignment giving them like recognizing that they have those skills and sometimes i think we know women can have confidence challenges right imposter syndrome there's there's all these things and <laughs> Sometimes it just takes somebody else saying, no, I believe in you, right? I believe you're the person for this and I'm going to support you. And we're going to go, we're going to show them how good you are. And I I think that's really important. Um, And then on the flip side, mentorship, obviously I, I, I'm a big fan of helping women. Like if my story can help somebody else have an easier way in their career, then I'm happy to share it and, and share those resources, right. Or point people in the right direction. Or it just, to me, we can have such an impact on other people and it's, something I really love. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I'd add one other thing, Megan, if I can, I was talking to a male colleague the other day. Um, and it's somebody that I have a business professional relationship with still today. And he had said to me, um, you know, I'm looking to help women in my office and maybe you could come in and do some of that work. I also do some consulting. I'm a business consultant. And I said, you know, yeah, I'm happy to help. I can help with culture and, and or leadership and those kinds of things. You know, how specifically, what specifically you're looking for? And he said, well, maybe you could just go into the other room and do whatever it is that you guys do as women, like hold hands, cry, whatever it is that needs to happen. 
And first of all, he's not a client. <laughs> but second of all, I mean, I just, I was taken aback, but I also just turned it into a, a funny situation with him where I said to him, being a fem having feminine energy and, and being a woman and a strong female leader doesn't mean that you have to cry. It doesn't mean you can't cry. It right. means you get to be authentic. It means you get to be whoever you need to be. And one of the things that, you know, I kind of coached him on in the moment was that men and women both have masculine and feminine energy. And we can both bring those pieces of us to the table in every conversation in a much more respectful way than, yeah. you know, a comment like that happens. The, so. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. But I, I love how you turned it into a moment of education for him. But there's, I think there are some perceptions of like, okay, what do the women do that we don't know? And and we'll just go let them do their thing. Right. Right. It's not voodoo um, magic in the background. It's, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now I want to, I want to talk a little bit because you've, you've retired from your corporate career and you started a nonprofit. What was the, what was the decision for, for retired, like ending your corporate career, pivoting into the, the space of nonprofit? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I had a very successful career. Uh, I was given a lot of opportunities. I worked really hard for everything that I was given, right? I mean, an opportunity is just that, and then you have to do something with it. And so you know, I consider it equal parts skill and luck all at the same time um, in there. But uh, for me, I had this real passion inside of me to really be able to give back in a much more meaningful way than the way that I was able to. So I do feel like I was a mentor, a role model and helped um, many people along the way, men and women. But transitioning that into a space where I can give entirely of myself to people who genuinely need it. Mm -hmm. uh, it. It literally, I mean, it's it's just soul work. It makes me happy every single day. It doesn't feel like work. Um, you know, I'm able to give back in ways that, you know, aren't even financial. So yeah. Uh, yeah. just spreading awareness, making sure that people understand the challenges that others face and mm -hmm. taking the time to really deeply dive into something and understand um, what makes people tick, how things work, um, how generational kind of influences, influences can impact others. We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with eBooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show. So tell us a little more about Champions for CASA and, and the, the mission behind it and what you guys do. Yeah, Champions for CASA, uh, CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates, as I said, um, and the program itself, so there are nationwide programs, so there's one in every community across the United States, um, and those are the actual CASA volunteer programs that I speak of, um, and that's where volunteers are really matched with a child living in foster care, 
And what they do is they advocate for that child in every aspect of their life. So they work with them in the court system. They help to represent the child's best interest in court. Um, children are given uh, an attorney that is there to talk about what they want, not necessarily what is in their best interest, but what that child wants. And then you've got some variation of a government entity, a Department of Family Services type entity, whose responsibility it is is for reunification. And their main goal is to reunify families, which is critically important. And uh, we're lucky that they are doing that that work. But there seems to be a loss in between of what's in that child's best interest. And so court-appointed special advocates go in and really evaluate them. So we mentor and role model the kids, get to know them in a really deep and impactful way. Um, for kids living in foster care, they oftentimes have no consistency in life. And so it's really being that consistent adult in their lives it takes five to 10 hours a month. So it's really not that big of an impact, mm -hmm. um, but that's on the volunteer side. And so what I do at Champions for Casa is a unique organization here in Las Vegas. Um, Champions for Casa has taken on all of the recruitment and retention of Casa Las Vegas volunteers. So we love to program manage the kids and the cases and do the hard and heavy lifting and we're spreading awareness and trying to get more volunteers. Okay. Amazing. Such an amazing, amazing, amazing mission to, to support. Right. And what a, what an impact you can have on children and the community. I love it. How have you found the transition from corporate to nonprofit? Challenging. Definitely challenging. So the part that I love, right, the spreading awareness, the working with the kids, the actual mission of the organization, life changing, like mm -hmm. in such a positive, profound way. Um, I can I can absolutely say there will never be a point in my life where I won't have a Casa child that I work with. Mm -hmm. um, they give so much to me. Mm -hmm. uh, the back end of running a nonprofit, it's a real business and it's a totally different world than corporate America. Um, there's lots of red tape, things move a lot slower. Um, you know, you have to change your style, communication's completely different. So yep. that can be challenging. Yeah. It 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 seems it, right? I mean, I everything I see, you're doing an amazing job and I think it's such a wonderful organization and it, it seems like everything, but I can imagine there's there's a shift in terms of corporate versus nonprofit. Um, one of the things that we, we talk about on this podcast a lot is challenges that we have faced along the way, whether wherever we are in our corporate journey, whether it was years ago or more recent, what would you say has been one of your biggest challenges throughout your career journey and how have you overcome it? Oh, um, you know, I would probably say leaving the corporate world. So my advice would be to women watching this. Um, and, and thinking about where you are in your career now and really planning for what that transition will look like eventually. So I didn't do enough of that. And I would say when I left the corporate world, transitioned into daily life, quote unquote, retirement, I had a huge identity crisis. Mm. Um, lack of identity was real because work defined me. I That's who I was. That's how I talked about myself. I really measured my own success based on work accomplishments. Um, and so not having that in that gap can, you know, create a real void. And so I would say, you know, think long and hard about what that looks like and do some planning ahead of time. Oh, and I so love that. Like this, 
are so critical. I didn't I didn't do enough networking um, back when I was you know in the in the height of my career, and so I didn't have a lot of good solid female relationships around me. Um, a lot of those friendships were work relationships, not as close friendship relationships. Mm-hmm. So really kind of thinking through, making sure you have good hobbies, a good support resource and support network. You know how you're going to support yourself financially, uh, yep. but most importantly, you know how you're going to support yourself spiritually. Right. That lack of identity can can really be devastating. I'm sure. And this, this is such an interesting thing to talk about because I think when we talk a lot about work-life balance, right? When you're in the thick of it and so many of us do attach so much of our identity to our careers and our professional status. And once that changes, it, it, it's that, okay, well, what, what am I other than work, right? What am I other than my job? Um, and you never know a job change when a job change is going to, you chose to retire, right? But some people, some people aren't as fortunate. They're, they're pushed out of the workplace and they have to go reinvent themselves at all different ages. Um, but I think it's so important to have other meaning other than just your, and, and this is, this is something I am challenged with as well. I mean, work is so much of my identity. And so, um, but really thinking through. When, when you no longer are working, what else, what else do you have? What, what are your interests? What are your hobbies? And yeah. Really that's great it. You've advice. got work and, and most of us have our work and our kids and our family. Yep. Right? That is, and, that's. <laughs> that, it was like the trifecta for me. It was, I left the corporate world and, and lost my work identity. My son went away to college and, you know, doesn't need mom as much in his life um, yeah. as he did and ended a long-term relationship. And so like not having any of those oh, three okay. colors is like, wow. So I had a tough couple of years for sure. Yeah. Plan, yeah. be planful, be mindful and take care of yourself along the way and build those things along the way. I appreciate your, your authenticity, authenticity in sharing that because I think so many of us just pretend it's that like, oh no, it's easy, right? I'm fine. Everything's fine. But like, actually I think so many people can probably relate to this and it's, it's nice to hear, to have a, a candid conversation about it. Yeah. Um, in terms of how we can support champions for Casa and wh- how we can, we can help with your mission here. I know you're based out of Las Vegas. Our listeners are all over the world, but tell us how we can help or how we can support you. Yeah. I mean, abused and neglected kids living in foster care need our help. And as I mentioned, it's a nationwide program. So obviously across the United States, I'm sure throughout the globe, um, there are other organizations as well, but I can definitely speak for the United States and saying, um, CASA volunteers are critically important to abused and neglected ch- children living in foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, and as little as five to 10 hours a month, you can be that person for a child. You can show up for them. You can be consistent and you can literally change their lives. So mm-hmm. certainly if you're in Las Vegas, give me a call. I'd love the support from a champions for CASA perspective, but across the United States, look up your local CASA program. Awesome. Well, and we'll make sure we link that in the episode notes as well, as well as your website, your LinkedIn, all your information on where people can find you. Um, go connect with Jennifer. She's amazing resource, lots of information. Um, I appreciate you being here today and, and talking with me as we wrap up any last minute words of advice or wisdom for our listeners. No, I guess just be bold, like be amazing, go out there and women can rule the world. And it's so exciting to kind of be sitting here in this seat now and not be the one actually driving that forward, but just watching and experiencing what women can do. So just go be amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thanks to everyone who's listening. 
We will be back again next week with another episode. Always enjoy your feedback and your support here at IAW. I hope you all have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.